Hi everybody, welcome back uh, to another episode of the Tree Top Chat. This is actually episode number 20 and we have been going for five months straight now uh, without a single Friday off. Um, we would like to call this the uh, end of season one um, of the Tree Top Chat, but it's certainly not the last Tree Top Chat you will hear uh, or see from us uh, in the future. As a last episode uh, to wrap up the season, uh, we will speak to a very special guest today, um, a very well-known guest as well. Uh, she has been a Teufelberger ambassador, represented our British boutique in, and Teufelberger in Australia, as well as a steel ambassador. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Speak to her. Hello. And... Can you hear me oh, hello. Good. I'm, I'm, I've had trouble with my phone. The audio is broken. Uh, okay, okay. But these so, uh, how's everything? How's everything? Everything is good. It's really hot in here. I've been um, firing up my wooden stove recently. And, okay. Uh, it's really, if I get a bit red, that's why. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, no need to blush here. No. So, uh, let's let's get into it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's Stanley. Stanley is over here by the fire, next to the cat. They're sleeping. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah. And this is Philip. Ah, that's uh, is that your new dog or? It's a cat. It's a cat. You just oh my god! I should know. I have two cats myself, but you know, obviously, <laughs> I my I need glasses for some reason. Yeah, the screen is very small. Yeah, it is. Nice. So um, let's get into it, Victoria. Let's do it. Um, you know, standard question, which has become one of the most kind of interesting ones since everybody's, you know, answer is so different. So yeah. tell us about your journey, how you become an arborist and, and, you know, what has happened. Right. So for me, it kind of fell in my lap. It was really... I've never, I've never heard of it. I've never thought about it, and I have never thought I was going to be ending up doing what I'm doing. But I was like other people. I've been really like confused on what I wanted to do with my life, pretty much. And then I've been doing different courses, mostly with animals, but always surrounding nature. And then at one point, I found an education at the Danish uh, forestry school, but it was uh, like a book a proper university exam um, okay. about culture and nature communication. And I wrote an application and I was waiting to get in, but then I realized it was already in the winter and I had to, you know, I wouldn't get an answer if I were to get into the school before fall. So while I was waiting, I lived right next to the uh, uh, chainsaw course school. And I was like, I'll do the chainsaw course while I wait because then you know, I'm staying busy and I'm learning a new skill and blah, blah, blah. And while attending the chainsaw course, you know, everyone was talking about becoming arborists and climbing and doing all that. And I never paid attention. You know, I, I, it wasn't anything that I was going to do. Um, I was waiting. Well, I was really into the chainsaw anyway. It really, it really got me hooked. And then on the very last day, I got an offer from Sweden. That's why I ended up in Sweden, because someone with a company in Sweden offered me an internship or an apprenticeship as an arborist, and I was like, what's that? And I can remember going there the first time, and I looked at the throw bags, and I was like, what are these things? You know, I had, like, no idea. 
I've never even watched the YouTube video. And then I stayed for two weeks, and I couldn't get my ass off the ground, and it was, like, really tough. Um, but after those two weeks, I decided on moving here, and it's been four years. <laughs> That's good. So uh, everything else kind of before that happened in Copenhagen or in Denmark, right? Yeah, exactly. So you also... You know, I've always been... I have a very have this romantic picture of Sweden as like the most idyllic thing ever and um, that's also why you know I've always loved it and it was like easy for me to move here you know that's kind of weird because you know that's the picture I have of Denmark <laughs> yeah it's too small and too flat and not enough rocks. and I, I spent a lot of time in Denmark and I think you know it's, it's a very nice country I, I even worked for a Danish company for a couple of years yeah it is nice but it's not as nice Let's let's not argue about that. But you know, coming into the, you know the, the the second question here, you, you yeah. kind of started a, ha a hashtag, you know, with uh, which is less whining, more climbing. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about you know what that means and to you and what it symbolizes? Yeah, for sure. I've actually used that hashtag since like the very my very first tree related Instagram post, like way back in 2016. I, I used to do more, like, long hashtags with, like, funny things in them, but the less whining, more climbing came to me from the very beginning because, for me, I think, especially as a beginner, it was easy for me to fall into – we don't have to call it whining, but, you know, I'd be like, eh, or, like – I guess it was mostly fear-based of, like, not being able to, like, be – I don't know – if it was any tree job and I felt unsure about it, you know, I'd be, like, making excuses or, like, find myself, like, whining about the weather or, like, coming up with excuses for not pushing myself through that and learning in the situation. Okay. And uh, I think that's where less whining, more climbing. <laughs> so it's a little reminder to myself every day. And I think it's really funny that it's to see how far I've come. And if you click the hashtag, you'll see pictures from when I just started out and – I have, like, little chubby cheeks, you know, and I'm, like, 20 kilos heavier, and I'm, you know, I'm such a beginner, and I knew nothing. And it's funny to still use that in a little reminder to just go for it. And, cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> has, has anybody else started to use that hashtag? Or? Um, I think you earlier I, uh, I told people to do it, but I'm not sure if anyone has picked up on it. But you're welcome to use it as a little, let's hype each other up. Yeah, sure, we will. We will. It's not meant as in you're not supposed to be. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, it's funny. And it rhymes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll use that at some point, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you showed us, the, the, you know, the cat, and the, you know, which I thought was a dog, but, you know, <laughs> you also have Stanley. So you, you seem to be a bit of a dog person, judging, you know, by your social media. And... Um, so what, what is the favorite thing about dogs, and uh, what makes them such a great companion? Well, don't get me started. Hi, Stanley. Um, <laughs> you don't recognize me. We met each other in February. Um, for me, dogs have been, you know, when I was a kid, I'd buy dog food, I'd buy cat food, I'd buy pet food in general and keep it on a shelf. And I was never allowed to have a dog before we moved in a house when I was, like, 13. And then we got the biggest 
biggest dog possible is St. Bernard. And uh, since then, you know, it's just, I find, you know, waking up in the morning, it's more, it's better with a dog, you know, going to bed is better with a dog, going for a walk is better with a dog. Like watching them being so present and like right here, right now, they're not worrying about tomorrow or yesterday or what happens in two weeks, you know, they're just like happy now. And they're very easy to, you know, if I tell Stanley, like, now we're partying, like, ooh, we're having a good time, you know, she gets really excited. Um, and then loving what they do and loving people with such unconditional love without even, you know, they don't care if people are homeless and they don't care if people are smelly or, like, you know, there's no, they have no judgment. They're just right there right now. And I think I can learn and we can learn a lot from that. Nice, nice. Actually, uh, you know, the uh, Arborispatikan's dog is uh, is only two weeks old at this point, so uh, we can only see him on video. You're getting a puppy? Yeah. Which one? It's a pincher. Okay. A big one or a medium one? No, uh, it's not a Doberman pincher. It's a pincher. Uh, it's okay. like 50 centimeters uh, up to the, uh, what do you call it? But they're black and tan, right? They're, they're, they're black and brown. Yeah. Cool. So okay, um, we're going to have him here chewing at the ropes and everything else. So. Stanley still loves her rope toy that we got last time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get him a 14 mil next time. <laughs> nice. So you also have a relationship with Steel. Uh, you know, uh, how did that turn out? And uh, tell us a little bit of what happened. Um, I think I was lucky at least to be... I think when I started doing Instagram, I was one of the first people really sharing as much as I did. Um, and especially sharing as a woman, I don't think anyone had ever seen, you know, like when I started out, there was nothing, there was no one. There was Anna Elizabeth in Stockholm and she really inspired me. You know, I saw her pictures and I was like, wow. And then she shared my picture and then it just took off from there. And um, with Steel, I was actually working, you know, I had done some work with different companies tr testing out products, but I had never, you know, done a real um, ambassadorship, really. And um, I was working for a guy in Gothenburg who had a contact, you know, he was, the company had a contact with Steel, you know, trying out equipment and stuff. And then Steel asked him, Steel Sweden asked him if he had any women in his crew because they needed a woman for their campaign video. And he had me, and he asked me just one day in the car, like, Greg, like, would you like to do this? commercial or like campaign video and I was like yeah and then I did that and I guess they liked what I did so after we did the campaign they asked me you know to become an ambassador nice. and, that's how that happened. and it's been really really cool to work closely to their products and test out new stuff and I feel so grateful and privileged and you know, yeah so, so what is the feeling when you see yourself on the back of buses and in magazines and then, you know, steel ads and all that stuff? It was funny because I had no idea. People kept sending me pictures of the bus and my mom sent me clips from the TV, you know, and I'm like, I, and people say they see me on their YouTube commercial video. I pop up like in the video <laughs> and I didn't even know that I was there, but, um, it's fun, you know, even having a big following on Instagram and, you know, people recognizing me on buses. I don't, I'm still just me. So I don't think about it 
in the way. It's, it's oftentimes when people come to me and they say, this is a really big deal. You know, I'm like, when I stop and think about it for a minute, I think that's when I realize that it is kind of huge. And then I get fucking proud of myself. Like, I went that's from cool. nowhere to here, you know? That's nice. And I didn't know you, and now I have this um, support. And I think that's what I really like about it is it's a motivational factor, and it is making me want to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But, you know, so far, no issues with paparazzis running around your house? No, I've had a, like, some, like, people show up on a job site once. It was really weird. We were working somewhere <laughs> in Sweden, and some guy just walked up, and I didn't know who the – I thought he was some guy in charge of the job. It was on the street, and I was like, you know, I was standing there with a rake, and my colleague was in a tiny little tree, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, so I, I follow you on Instagram. And I was like, wait, what? And he had seen where I was, and then he came and said hi. So that was a bit, that was a bit weird. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so we have a question from the audience here, Victoria. Mm -hmm. So uh, it goes like, do you think that social media has helped you with your job? Um, in my practical job, no. As in, I have never gotten a job off Instagram or like off social media. You know, I haven't. I've gotten many offers around the world. And usually when someone writes, you can work for us anytime, you know, I'm like, questioning why they won't offer me a job when they have no idea of my skills. You know, they can only see pictures. Um, but I think I kind of have two separate jobs now. I have my Instagram job and I have my tree job day to day working my ass off, literally. Um, but they also go together because if I don't do my tree work, you know, I can't show you guys what I'm doing. So it's like they go together, but I don't think the social media has helped me in my physical work. It has helped me get in a lot of contacts and support and, you know, um, relationships with brands and stuff online. And I think that's mm. really fun. But yeah. I think I'm also within a group of people doing this for the first time. You know, a lot of people have blogged and, you know, done brand ambassador stuff in fashion and in food and in all these other subjects. But no one has ever done it in trees. You know, it's like... Mm. Exactly. Yeah, and I've seen it grow as I started in 16, you know. A lot of people are on here now, and it's really cool, I think. Yeah, um, seems to be a, a lot more yeah. women now coming into the uh, to the industry, huh? Mm-hmm. I love Very seeing nice. that. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're, we're going into the next one here, uh, which is also an audience question. Do you um, – uh, best tip for a female looking to become an operator? Right. The best tip. I, I don't think there's any extra tips for women. I think it would be the same tips I would give to any guys. Um, apart from, like, don't let any stupid comments throw you off. But for anyone coming into the industry, um, I think it's really important to get yourself a network. Um, find someone skilled who can help teach you. You can always reach out to a company and ask if you can, like, tag on and watch what they're doing and then take a course at a school so you get the basics from a book and that's what I thought I was gonna learn everything in school and then go and try it out at work but I thought school was like I went and I learned everything at the job site you know so it's like mm -hmm. I think a little bit of both because they're going to give you the um, theoretical knowledge that you might not have time to go into depth with at work every day but Having a really good network, I think, is, is crucial. Yeah. yeah. 
And then don't yeah. don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. You know, of course, with anything, if well, you're passionate about it, then yeah, I think that that's a, that's a kind of a universal tip, huh? So uh, I think somebody. Somebody's really curious here because you posted a lot of uh, pictures and stuff from the U.S. Uh, I think you were in Kentucky, right? Yeah. So uh, somebody's asking, how come you've been working so much in the U.S.? The funny thing is I haven't been working over there at all. I did nothing for three months. Well, you're um, building, you were building tree houses, right? I wasn't building. I was watching people build tree houses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, no, I've never um, worked there, like, officially, but I met someone <laughs> uh, who lived there, and then I went to visit him, and as soon as I, like, a couple of days before I was supposed to go home this spring, uh, my country closed down, you know, I got text messages, like, Denmark is closing down, there's nothing, <laughs> and I was, it, I was able to leave, but I thought I'd let it calm down, you know, before I travel mm -hmm. out in the world, where this, like, it was when corona just, like, peaked. Yeah, exactly. And I was a bit, you know, and I kind of wanted to stay more and longer. Um, so then I stayed for the whole lockdown, pretty much. Yeah. And family was in good hands, you know, she was with my best friend and they were doing fine. So, uh, and I learned a lot, you know, and they both have a tree crew who goes out and does tree work. And then they use the lumber to build tree houses. And it's really amazing what they're doing over there. Yeah, and, from, from where you you've spent a lot of time in the woods, didn't you? Yeah, and we yeah. did these, we wove these um, nets out of paracord up in the canopies, and you can lay around there, and they're building bridges and stairs, and it's amazing, yeah. Cool. I was really inspired by that. Nice. So, um, um, you know, give us your funniest job story. You know, what is the funniest thing that happened on the job? Um, I have to think about that for a while, because the funniest thing on a job site is, you know, for me, it has been the colleagues and who you're working with, and you know, it's it's like the the vibe every day is what makes it fun. But I think I have a couple of incidents. One was my first time at the last company where I was employed as a you know before becoming self-employed. I don't know if this is so funny, but it was funny to me. It was my first day, and it was snow everywhere. And we were in a churchyard, and the boss like put me in a tree and told me to reduce it because it was like dying, you know. And I think it was kind of like a test for him to see, you know, like he had never seen me work. And then I did, and I got this twig, like, off my nose, and I started bleeding so hard, and it was blood in the whole tree, and then the snow, and all my equipment, and it was dripping everywhere. And I'm like, can you pass me up some tissue? And he's like, I think you should just come down. <laughs> so that was a bit silly, but apart from that, uh, we worked in the Central Park in Gothenburg, Schlotzkugan. Um, and it was right when, um, in 2016, when Pokemon Go was huge. And oh, people yeah. were everywhere, you know, on their phones. And we had to close off huge areas to do deadwooding. And it's really, you know, people in the, the tape and the close off for tree work is, like, impossible. People always walk everywhere anyway. Um, but Pokemon Go, and we were right between three Pokestops. And we had, like, 20 trees to do. And uh, we had 50 people stand, like, behind the tape waiting for us to move it so they could get to their Pokemon. And then what we did in that part, too, was to use the throw line to draw down um, Deadwood. 
And while we were doing that, you know, we're standing there pulling, and people never have an idea what you're doing when you're throw lining because they've never seen the equipment before, and it looks like, you know, you can't climb on it, you can't cut anything with it. Like, what are you doing? And we're tugging these branches up in the, it's like, oh, it was in the summer, so you couldn't see anything up there. And people are like, what are you doing? And the kids walk past, and the families, and we're like, there's a Pikachu up there. We're catching the Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) All the Pokemon Go hunters, they were like, they were so confused. And we had a really good laugh about that. (laughs) That's funny. So uh, you've been doing this for a while now. So what what is the best part of, uh, you know, uh, being an arborist? Um, I think it's the free fitness and not having to go home and do workout, even though I do enjoy that sometimes too. And being outside and having, like, you never know what's going to happen, not as in, you know, shit could go wrong, but I said, you, I don't know what job I'm showing up to, you know, as a contractor now, they tell me where to be in the morning, or they pick me up, or I pick them up, and then we go somewhere, and I don't know, so it could be anything, and I, the days are so different, like, we could be yeah. at a old person's house, having coffee and biscuits, and chopping down a little tree, we can be, today, we were in a big churchyard for Lens Stevenson, taking down a huge, like, deceased oak tree with a sky lift, you know, we're doing so many different things, and I love not having that same thing going on every day because that a lot, a lot of variation in the work huh exactly yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, you also had the opportunity to climb in Kapunda in, in southern Australia so uh, tell us a little bit about that experience you know what was it like are, are you looking to compete again in, in the competitions like that Australia was hands down one of the best experiences of my life and I'm like so grateful because I had I was so scared Getting into um, and being the Turfa Burger ambassador, I remember, like, getting into it. Uh, we were talking about the Australia thing, and I was pissing my pants. Like, I was so scared of the – because I've just – you know, I've seen YouTube videos, and it was, like, the ultimate climbing competition experience. Yeah. And it looked like nothing I would ever be able to do. And um, it was just such a great experience. Getting there and the people – um, the vibe there, for me, the climb is so scary that it, it's, it's borderline enjoyable, you know. I didn't I didn't swing around in a tree going, like, this is the funniest thing I've ever done. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so scared even getting up. And I remember hyping myself, you know, I was listening to music. And I got this tree where it was basically no climbing. It was, like, three swings. But they were, like, bigger than anything I had ever done. And even the days up to, we were training, and I was just so nervous. But then when I finally started in that tree, I went and I got every single bell. And I was, like, so happy. And everybody, like, crying on the ground. And I came back down. And I don't think anyone thought that I was able to, to finish that tree, but I did. And it was, like, the biggest boost for me. And having all the people, and I've never experienced of, I don't know if everybody I talked to there or everyone who I'm talking about now was Australian, but the whole vibe was just, Unlike I've been at a lot of tree climbing competitions, and I love the vibe there, but this was just something extra. Like, and I don't know if it's because some people recognize me, and it was easy for me to get into like talking to people. But we had such a good time, and like, yeah, I'm definitely going back. Yes, I would put myself through it again and again. <laughs> so you you made a lot of contact there as well, didn't you? Yeah, and a lot of people who've also been in Sweden. Yeah, yeah I think they were good. Must have been like ten Swedes down there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
I think we have uh, we have a question coming up here. Uh, my cameraman is currently writing on the on the, our little whiteboard here, so uh, <laughs> we will hear that in a second. Cool. So, um, are we talking in the meantime? So this is this is the question, Victoria. Being a freelancer, do you decide your own work times? This is from uh, Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Nineteen eighty-five. If I decide my own days. Yeah. Yeah, which is, um, I was so lucky. I went from move, uh, living in Gothenburg to moving out here, like in the middle of nowhere, knowing no one. And I moved into this house, and I was like, everything is going to fall into place. And then um, I had my landlord give me a contact to a job, and that guy happened to have contacts, and they are all friends. So the guy who now owns my house used to have an arborist company, and he knows people who are now hiring me. And... They can text me, like, are you available this and this and this day? And then I say yes or no. And then the other guy asks me, are you booked this whole week or can you work with me this day? But then because they're all friends, you know, that we talk together. Like today we were supposed to do trimming, grass trimming, and like small tree trimming and with a uh. very sore. And then the other guy had an urgent oak takedown for lensfielsen. And then we just talk to the other guy and we say, we have to go take down this oak so we can't do your grass trimming today. We'll do it next week, you know, and we're all – Talking together, but for me, it's really nice to be able to. I'm making a lot more money like this too. Like I don't know how. Well, I, I'm not saying, of course, I was employed with a company because it was. It's the right thing to do when you're a beginner because you want to learn and you want to know what's up and down. Right. But starting my own business and doing it like this is just such a freedom and such a. Um, yeah, I could work three days a week instead of forty hours. And uh, nice. if I have nice. to go to my family in Denmark or if I have to go traveling, you know, I can work a lot for a short time and then I can take more time off. And it's very flexible, yeah. Yeah, nice. nice. I, I wish uh, I wish uh, my work was as flexible as that is. <laughs> and I'm enjoying it right now. I'm telling myself you're in your 20s. You should enjoy whatever yeah. you do. Absolutely. So uh, we're coming down to uh, one of the uh, standard questions. You know, what is your favorite piece of gear of all times and why? I tried thinking about this today because I knew you were going to ask. And <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just can't name one because for me, I think the whole the whole equipment set up all together is what makes it good. And having things that work together. Obviously, I love my six side because that's what I use every day at work. And I also, I mean, I love a rope because what would I do without it? But um, I think something simple as a really good carabiner in this fancy color. And, you know, you can get the little rhino one. You can get a tiny one. You can get a big one. You can get a pointy one and a round one and a small one. I think that's a great piece of equipment. But I'm not a super, um, I'm not a super gear freak. You know, I wouldn't be like go mad over a rope runner or you know like some of the guys do and it's, it may be because I'm not I haven't used it enough but I think the simple the small things the everyday things are what makes it for me nice nice. but I can tell you what well, I'm not so happy about at the moment and that's my positioner because it's slipping on my foot line and I've heard more people um I've heard more people having this issue and I don't know if I should do something or if it's just dead okay 
Yeah, we had we had a little beep here from the alarm that thinks that we should go home now. So, uh, but hopefully that is gone by now. But I think we have another question as well. Yeah. So uh, this is you know a typical question you get from uh, being on a job interview, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what what are the next five years look for you? Um, the next five years. Oh wow. I don't even know what tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, um, I bring think out your crystal ball. I won't. <laughs> I won't spill too much because it's not written in stone yet. But I've gotten some. I have some nice stuff coming up for next year and for this fall. I'm going to be really busy. We have a lot of work to do. A lot of people in the industry obviously know that the fall is usually the busiest. Um, so we have a lot of jobs coming up. But I'm also going to be working more with steel coming up. I won't say anymore, but it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be all over the place. So, um, nice. yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, but five years, for... I don't know. So, okay. Well, at least we got, you know, what you're doing, you know, this fall and probably beginning of next year. So uh, I guess somebody had to imagine what you're going to do for the next four and a half after that. I'm going to keep working, and then hopefully and not too far future, I can actually live with my boyfriend, who's on the other side of the ocean. That would be nice, because I finally found someone who's decent. <laughs> and then it would be nice to actually spend time together and work towards a future. Nice. Clock is ticking. My grandma had two kids when she was my age. Yeah, well, they started early back then, didn't they? I got two sheep and two goats and two cats and a dog. Well, I guess you got you know you know with with a lot of work with that. No, I'm gonna be working and making a lot of money, and then I want to buy a farm, and then I want to start a treehouse village and an animal sanctuary, and I want to cut down trees. Oh, and cut there, them there's the plan, you see. And build them into houses. That's my plan. Cool. <laughs> so uh, I think we have another question again. Mm-hmm. How do Sweden and Denmark compare? And that is a question for you. Oh, really? Is it someone in the audience asked this? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Sweden, back in the day, decided that um, tiles, um, no, not tiles. Yeah, tiles are really pretty, like stone houses. But they, didn't, they couldn't afford it. So they just had a communal decision on painting all their houses red. So in Sweden, you'll see little beautiful wooden red houses <laughs> in the countryside. And Sweden has lakes, and Sweden has rocks, and Sweden has moose, and Sweden has, um, I want to say um, they're quite liberal, but they're liberal in a different way. Than, it's not the bad liberal, it's the good liberal. And they're ahead on a lot of green initiatives, and they're ahead on not eating animals. You know, like 15% of the, everybody is vegetarian, and it's huge. You know, there's so much space. Like, Sweden is... 10 times as big as Denmark, but there's only double the amount of people. So you can, like, uh, do like this with your arms without hitting anyone. And Denmark is, Denmark is small. And I know every single place there. <laughs> and I have an opinion about every single place. So it would be hard for me to find somewhere to settle down there because it's, it's just not the same. Like, the nature scene in Sweden, even though it's 20 minutes away, is just day and night. And it's hard to explain yeah. if you haven't. It, but that's what makes a difference for me. 
Copenhagen is a great city. Denmark is lovely, and I love my country so much. But I'm really happy that Sweden is right next to it, and I can live here. <laughs> nice. That's a uh, that's a nice explanation from you. So, uh, so um, do we have any uh, additional questions from the audience here? No. 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 Do you have any uh, any questions for us? Um, I don't think I have any questions. No questions. No comments. I like their little talk here. It was fun. I've been looking forward to joining. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, everybody. Uh, this is this is my sense of humor, but we're gonna wrap it up here. <laughs> I so, think we're um, work in the winter. So, exactly. Think, How about Arbor's work in the wintertime? I think when people hear Sweden, they think it's really cold and really dark, like, all year round. But Sweden is also a very big country. And usually the darkness all year round is very far up north, where no one has ever been. Yeah. And um, our work in the winter, like, even these two previous years have been very mild. So it's not, I mean, it, it might get down to minus 10 Celsius, but that's manageable, you know. And we do get work all year round. Like there's no like completely dead time. So. so what what is what is the furthest north you've been in Sweden? I went no boarding last year, and I think we went um, a little further than that. I've also been to Sigtuna, which is north of Stockholm, almost Uppsala. Yeah. But on the other side, I went to yeah. But you have you haven't been above the polar circle. No, but I want to go, and I might go this yeah. winter to see the northern lights. Yeah, it's. Uh, I tell you, it's cold up there. Doug is asking if I want to work on Thursday. Winter. Where That's am I working? <laughs> well, you know, I, I experienced minus forty-two Celsius up there, so it's pretty cold. Yeah, I would really like to go. I like to go in the summer, but I know there's a lot of mosquitoes. But I want to go in the winter to. Um, to see the northern lights, yeah, and the reindeer. Yeah, yeah, the reindeer—they're nice. They're they're pretty <laughs> stupid, though, but you know. Yeah. So, uh, Victoria, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you know, this was the final episode of you know this this uh, season one. So uh, there's plenty more to come. We're gonna be uh, take a couple of weeks uh, break to recharge our batteries and and. Uh, uh, plan the next lineup of guests and make some changes to the structure. Um, mm -hmm. So, if you have any suggestions for for guests or for improvements, uh, you know, feel free to uh, reach out. Yeah, uh, sure. you can find most of our episodes on our IGTV or on our YouTube channel. So, uh, thank you again for those twenty episodes, everybody watching live or afterwards. It's been a pleasure having you on board. And uh, we learned so much, and we will take that with us uh, when we plan, you know, the, the next lineup and the next session. So um, thanks, everybody. Uh, have a very nice weekend. Thank you again, Victoria. Again, we'll wrap it up here. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye.